0: you're going to be missing a lot of guidance um, that perhaps some of your college classmates won't because maybe some of them, their parents have gone to college. I think a lot of them actually have. Um, And that's okay. I mean, that's a really freeing thing, like to kind of be the first person in your shoes, you know, in, in terms of your family or, you know, amongst your groups of group of friends, et cetera. Like you don't really have to, Like you don't, there aren't really any expectations of you.
1: Welcome to Dear Bronx Science. And this is Victoria Lee, your host and a member of the Bronx Science Class of 2012. On this podcast, I interview alumni to share their stories with the Bronx Science community. In this episode, we have Timothy Gao. Bronx science class of 2013. He graduated from Carnegie Mellon University and currently is a medical student at the University of Pittsburgh. Between college and medical school, he completed a Fulbright Teaching English in Taiwan. In this episode, we touch on what he wished he did in high school and how he pushes his comfort zone from leaving New York City for college to going to live in Taiwan, especially because he hadn't traveled to Asia before. I hope you enjoy this episode. Tim, I'm so happy to have you on the show, especially since you're one of the first few guests who reached out to me to be on the show. And I thought you could bring an interesting perspective to students um, from your time uh, currently in medical school, but also just about uh, learning more about the world outside of New York City and Bronx Science. So to kick us off, can you give a brief introduction to yourself?
0: Sure. And um, thanks for having me on the show. I was really excited when you launched the podcast because um, I felt like um, a lot of what you, a lot of the reasons why you started the podcast was um, why I wanted to be on it. And that was kind of to share life after high school. Um, and so a little bit about me is um, I graduated Bronx Science in 2013. So that, I think that was one year after you. Um, and then I went to Carnegie Mellon um, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And after that, I went on a Fulbright scholarship um, and now I'm in med school. So that's just kind of my timeline. It feels like ages ago, but um, I think that's kind of been about seven years from when I left New York till now. Um, but it's really felt a lot more long, a lot longer than that. hmm.
1: Yeah, it's like I I it's been a while since we've caught up so when I saw that you did a Fulbright I was like, "Oh, wow, that's that's super awesome." And I think it'll be great for when we get to talking about your Fulbright it'll be great for students to learn what that even means and and your international experience from that. Um so just to to start our conversation I think it'll be helpful for students who are listening to understand who Tim was at Bronx Science. So, you know, well, what did you do at Bronx Science? Or a question I like to ask my so guess is just, you remember when you were at Bronx Science, where did you spend most of your time? It could be a physical space or an activity or what was just a core um, defining moment of your time at Bronx Science?
0: Yeah, um, that's a good question because I have flashbacks once in a while, you know, um, of my time at Bronx Science, like good ones. Um, but basically I think I spent a lot of time in the handball courts, um, and I still miss that a lot. Um, I think about um, lunch, particularly um, my senior year. I was part of a little group called the Fourth Period Lunch Crew, and I don't know if this is still the case, you know, in terms of scheduling. But um, I remember Fourth Period being the worst period for lunch because who is hungry at like ten twenty? Like no one was hungry at that time, um, and. So I remember senior year, I basically didn't eat lunch um, because we just went straight to the library and we just hung out there. Um, and yeah, and, and lastly, I think one that I can't get out of my head a memory would be Vallo and my bus time, which was extremely, extremely early. And so that time is always burned into my head. It was like 6.17 and I would miss that all the time.
1: Mm, yeah, I, yeah, I remember Val, it was like, in college there's no commute and it was just wow I have so much free time but there were a couple of times where I also missed the bus and my mom would have to drive me I was like mom you have to drive faster and now <laughs> and now I know how to drive and if I had a child screaming behind me asking me to get there on time I would be like shut the curse word up
0: <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly I, I unfortunately my mom Didn't know how to drive, so I would always be sprinting to the train. I lived in Flushing, so I basically had to take the seven train all the way down to Manhattan and then up to the Bronx. I was always late. Um, Yeah, so that was my time in Bronx Science, in a nutshell, pretty much.
1: That was rough, rough commute, but I think it taught us, you know, just the importance of time management. But also, I'm never waking up that early, to be honest, ever again. So it's just really just in high school. So. I guess now with the pandemic, students are probably um, at home, so they don't have to do that commute. But yeah, that commute is hard, and I think you definitely learn a lot from having to undergo such a rigorous time schedule. You mentioned that your you know handball was a big moment of your time. Was that were you on the team or was it more just recreationally? Like you were you would play during your free time at the courts at school.
0: Yeah, so I was on the team, um, and so that was a great experience. high school because it was like obviously my favorite sport i had played it all growing up and then secondly i was part of a group of guys that really really cared about the game and really hung out together like almost every day after school um so that was a really fun time of my life and just nice to learn a lot of things that would like you know help me later on in, in far in terms of like teamwork and like just working with people and also like learning to deal with like struggles and stuff like that.
1: Mm. Can you talk a little bit more about these? I think sometimes students when they, you know, when they are participating in things, whether it's, you know, for you it was playing handball and it was fun or there's clubs for other students. You mentioned that it did teach you things that you use later on. Can you touch on them a little bit more in detail? Like you said, teamwork, I think was one of them.
0: Yeah, um, and I think Bronx Science was a hyper competitive place, um, Mm -hmm. as you know. And it was no different on the handball team. Um, And handball was, you know, like, uh, it was like a very big sport at our school. We had like six handball courts, which was honestly miraculous. It was like the most beautiful, like, handball courts, like, or at least, you know, a set of them in in a public school in New York. Um, And so you had to learn to balance everyone's personalities and also, like, understand that, if you wanted to get something, you had to work for it. Um, and I think that alongside with like spending time with people that felt the same way, um, you just like developed, I think you developed grit. You developed a lot of respect for other people. And lastly, you just understood what it meant to be a part of a team, um, which is really important. I think once you, go into college, and once you go into real life.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think I echo a lot of that sentiments. For me, I learned a lot about teamwork just from me being the president of Key Club. I had to balance all the different personalities on the board and people who were in committee groups, and that served me well when in college I also I founded a club there or working in team groups, um, teams, as well as at work. You're working in teams as well, and I think that's, that's something that I think students should know that working whether you know handball to clubs or anything it's all those moments can help lead up to exercising your muscle of teamwork for example and leadership even um, and how to work on the team um, the funny thing is um I actually didn't know what handball was until eighth grade when I moved to New York City oh, wait,
0: you're not from, you're not from New York City
1: <laughs> I so I spent up to around middle school in New Jersey I moved okay. to New York City in eighth grade and I saw handball I was like what the heck Is this? I was so confused (laughs) because I never seen anything like it. I think it's a very New York specific sport. But I was I played a couple times. I used to I played tennis, so I had the hand eye coordination to play. But I just that was just like a memory I have of being wow. What is this? Is like there's so much hype and you know love for this sport here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know that's it is definitely a New York specific thing. Um, And yeah, I. That is, I mean, I guess anyone that wasn't from the city that, that has visited the city and I would tell them, oh yeah, you, you know that like, you ever like gone by a public public park and, and seeing people like throwing a bl- blue ball around? That's what handball is. They're like, oh, okay. I don't think they understand it. And, you know, inside usually I am a little bit offended, but, I, you know, like I wouldn't expect them to know it. It's a very New York City thing.
1: And I guess, you know, what is before we move on into talking about college, yeah, you know, what what were other moments you know from your time when you were at Bronx Science, whether that were also like pivotal or also just to be honest, like you know talking about the challenges or just being honest about that for students, especially you know we might have freshmen who are listening, juniors or seniors who are at the end of their Bronx Science journey. Is there anything else you want to share and touch on?
0: Um, yeah, I think if if I could go back to high school. Um, I, I guess if I was referring, if I was talking to seniors or maybe juniors, um, I would really stress certain things. Like, I guess if I were to talk to myself and, um, go back and talk to like high school Tim, I would tell him to basically plan better, um, Mm -hmm. find friends and mentors, um, and work hard. And basically, I say those three things. I mean, they're very generic and they're very cliche, but I think it all goes back to the first thing I mentioned, which was planning. Um, And it's very hard to like work hard if you don't know what you're working towards. Mm. And I think that was a big issue for a lot of people in Bronx Science. I'm not saying everyone. There were people that knew exactly what they wanted. Um, I wasn't one of those people. And so I kind of went through life In high school, kind of just like going with the flow and like, you know, just make, just kind of like checking boxes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But I would really like stress to like people in high school to kind of like maybe take some time, you know, write down, you know, what it is that they think they want and, you know, like try to make a plan. Um, That like is something that I think will like take them very far in terms of like just applying for college and like writing their essays, et cetera.
1: Hmm. And I want to dive a little bit deeper in that. When you say plan, do you mean, like, do you mean to want to stream students? You need to know what you're going to do in the next 50 years or more just, hey, like, like, like like what do you mean by that tactically? So that students who are listening, they they have a better idea of what you mean by that so that they can actually, they can actualize it.
0: Yeah. So um, I guess I, I do have to talk a little bit about who I was in, in high school, is that, make more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a you know I was never a bad kid by any means, but I was also never too keen on rules and I did not like to conform. so like deadlines and things like that um, I was never too keen on. I remember I signed up for the ACT like like the last day and then I took it like really late in my senior year, basically right before applications and I didn't prep for it. Um, and so that was just really bad planning on my part. Um, Had I done that earlier and I had, I known that I don't know what exactly I want to do in college, but I do know that I want to go to college and I want to go to a good college. Like I would basically write down the dates of SAT of when I want to take my SAT. And then I would plan maybe like two months before that I want to take a practice test. And then like, maybe like three months before that, I want to start looking at certain books Right. So just doing a little bit of like this pre-planning such that when you do get to like these really stressful moments in high school, such as taking your SAT, taking your ACT, like you can execute like what you planned initially rather than scramble, um, you know, like like what I did in high school. Um, And that really just comes down to, I think, time management. People like use this word all over and over again, but it really does apply to high school and beyond. You really need to like know how to manage your time well and plan well. In order for your like plan to succeed,
1: mm. no, I think those are really good. And I think like for students, if you're like not a junior and you're a freshman or a sophomore, you know maybe the goal for you. And I think it was for me at the time, it was you know get into a good college. I have no idea what it's going to be yet as a freshman or sophomore. So just study hard, you know, get good grades so that when you know what your dream school is, you hopefully are prepared with the you know the stats to hopefully get in, and you don't. And then afterwards, it's just writing the essay but I think those are really all really good words and 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 once you have a plan you know what kind of friends you want to surround yourself with what mentors you want to look and meet with and I think the Bronx Science Alumni Foundation they've done a really good job I think connecting alumni to students I wish we had that Mm -hmm. when we were there um so yeah work work hard and plan I guess it's kind of like what everyone tells students but we really yeah I mean
0: mean, like it's it sounds overwhelming because you know, I, when you're a teenager, all you want to do is play and, and rightfully so you're a teenager, like don't be an adult when you're you know, in high school. But um, it's not too difficult to maybe just carve out maybe like a weekend, right? You know, on some given freshman weekend or some given sophomore weekend, just sit down, like go on the college website and see what you need to do. Um, just write down a bunch of requirements. Right. And that way you can move through sophomore year or junior year senior year like with a really good picture of what you need to do by what time and then you know like who to talk to like what you have to do in terms of studying um, it really does make everything easier i was very disorganized and i can't say that i'm, I'm any different now unfortunately <laughs> but i do know that that will make a lot of things easier um, moving forward
1: hmm. And I think this is a good transition to talk about life in college. And as students are considering colleges, can you tell us a little bit more about your time at Carnegie Mellon and also just, um, yeah, tell us a little bit more about your time at Carnegie Mellon. We'll, you know, dig a little deeper into them.
0: Yeah. So um, I went to Carnegie Mellon, which, you know, when I was applying in high in high school, um, this was a school that was... Um, brought to my attention by my guidance counselor. Um, And she said, oh, you should go here. I'm like, okay, sure, sounds good. And I applied. (laughs) Uh, And I basically told her, I set an imaginary line of like, I don't know, like 400 or 500 miles outside of New York, um, because I had made up in my mind that I wanted to leave New York, at least for a little bit, um, just to see what was out there. And so I basically chose, I applied to schools like that and whatever school gave me like a decent offer in terms of scholarship money um, because you know, like first gen and stuff like that, um, we didn't have too much money. I, was, I just took the best offer that was available. Um, and to speak to Carnegie Mellon, the school itself, it really is a great school, um, objectively. Subjectively, I struggled um, my first year. It was a great school in terms of rigor, And it was extremely um, like, well, it had a really good reputation and like, there were people from all over the world that came. Um, And I think that played into why I struggled um, because it was just such a culture shock, you know, the first year um, that I really didn't know like how to, um, I guess, how to survive in college. Um, And I guess that's part of the reason um, I decided to do the podcast, right? It's because I was listening to I think Christina's episode, the first one, and she said she felt a similar way. Um, and I think had I had that in high school, you know, I think I would have done a lot better um, transitioning to college. Hmm.
1: No, I think that's that. That's like something that we we are in our little cocoon or bubble in Bronx Science. It's very different than what life is like outside and in other parts of the country. I guess, could you just, you know, for students, obviously they've not been to college. They don't know what it's like. Like, what were some specific moments that really made you feel, you know, outside, you know, your comfort zone or um, in in that first year of college?
0: Yeah. Um, And of course, you know, I'm I'm just, you're right. Like, it's very hard to picture anything else outside of New York City when you're just a high schooler and you've grown up there. And um, New York City is kind of your stomping grounds. Like, you know, like the ins and outs you know, so you feel very comfortable there. Um, When I moved away um, to Pittsburgh, um, basically, you, you know, what made it difficult was that I met a lot of people that were very different in terms of background, people that weren't maybe like even social classes, or like socioeconomic classes above me, they were like stratospheres above me at points, you know, it was was pretty insane. Um, There are people that grew up, know, in different places. They they grew up in maybe the countryside or they grew up halfway across the world. Um, people that when they hear, like when you like say New York city with pride, when you say like, Oh, Hey, I'm Tim. I'm like from New York city. They look at you in a certain way, or they think a certain way about you. Um, because they have this preconceived notion of where you're from and just like, um, yeah, it's like very different, like the way people talk the way people interact. Um, I remember one distinct interaction I had freshman year. Um, It it still sticks with me because it's quite jarring. But I think it was a professor or someone at least a lot older than me. They basically came up to me um, and they say, "Hey, why are you walking so fast?" Like (laughs) I was I was walking, you know, on you know to class, and I was just like, I. I guess I was walking fast, but at that time, like, it didn't feel fast because that's all I've ever done, um, you know, up to that point. I lived life on one speed, which was like the New York City speed, and that was always the go, go, go. And I think people looked at me the first year, and they were like, why is this kid, like, walking so fast? Does he think he's better than us or something? <laughs> um, it was so – it was really weird, yeah.
1: Yeah, I uh, I think I definitely slowed down my walking speed when I moved to Dartmouth, because <laughs> people uh-huh. actually say hi and smile at each other when yeah, they pass you by.
0: So <laughs> yeah, I was like, if you want something from me, I remember the first year I was like, people were saying hi, and I was like, What what do I do? Like, <laughs> do I say hi back? Um yeah,
1: yeah, I I um like even in the workplace, like you I mean, back when we were in the office, of course we're not right now remotely, but I it took me time to get used to like you will walk past each other and you'll say, how are you? And how are you? But no one ever responds to say how you actually are. It's just out of courtesy. (laughs) Where I was like, so I was like, this is weird. I was like, why are we doing this? Like, I know I want to know how you are, but we never ever sit, stop and talk to each other. It just feels like kind of like just out of courtesy, but I was like also something I had to get used to. Um, But I remember for me at, at Dartmouth, when I moved, it was just like New York City, I'm so familiar, but then plop, I got plopped in Hanover, New Hampshire, because I did this to myself. I wanted to get out of New York City. I had a choice of going to school in New York or, and not. And I chose not going to school in New York, but ultimately, like the first year, I think sounds like for you, first year is the struggle. You're, you're really acclimating and it, it makes you a stronger person. At least it did for me and in terms of operating in this world because the world is not like Bronx Science. The world is not like the little pocket that we grew up in New York City for me and Flushing and Queens. Like What what did you think about, like, are you are you glad you went through that time? Like, what? how did you think that has changed you for the future and for who you are now?
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember, um, well, to answer your last question, I definitely would do it again. Um, no regrets. Um, but I remember the first year I was there, I told my roommates, Um, who are all actually from Bronx Science or Stuyvesant because we somehow made a little pod that we were going to live together. It was four of us. Mm -hmm. But I basically told them over and over again. I'm like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I am transferring back to New York like, you know, the the moment I can. I never did. Um, And I'm kind of glad. And the reason I never did was because second year got a lot better. And I realized that this was a really, really big opportunity for me to grow you know personally and emotionally and like professionally um so I stuck with it um, and I think having been out of New York now for eight years I think or seven years um I go back you know I, I go back pretty often I go back like maybe once every three months or so just to mm-hmm. you know my mom will like make me food and then she'll start to like uh, you know, lecture me about something, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's nice to see you again. And then I'll, you know, head <laughs> <hug> back. <laughs> but um, I think it's great because you just learn how the world works, like you mentioned. Um, and you see that there are a lot of different people and also a lot of different ways to live life, you know. Um, I don't regret it at all. And that being said, I also, do plan on moving back to New York eventually. Um, but for the time being, I'm enjoying like being out of it as well. Hmm. Gotcha.
1: And I, I, I don't wanna forget mentioning this point, but you know, there are students listening. Um, they don't really know much about Carnegie Mellon. What are some quick facts that you wanna share with them so that they understand what the school is like um, and whether it would be a good fit for them?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I will say that Bronx Science um, prepares its students extremely well for college. Um, Carnegie Mellon was a very difficult academic experience. Um, and it's a very top school, like in terms of, I know it's known for its computer science and it's like business and it's engineering. Um, and all of those things, like you really get your butt kicked when you're in college. But I felt like overall, like, Bronx signs really prepared for the rigor because like what can get harder than missing the bus at 617 having to take an hour and a hour 45 minute train ride all the way up to like um, the Bronx and then doing that over again like 8 p.m. after like handball practice like there wasn't much more difficult than high school in my opinion um, mm-hmm. and obviously like once you're in college you don't have that commute you kind of roll out of bed um, <laughs> and um, that being said I think people that enjoyed like the majors I mentioned, and also the arts, Um, I know we don't have, um, we don't have like too many people that I, at least not that I knew of that were in the arts or or interested in the arts and box science, but Carnegie Mellon has a really strong arts program. They sponsor the Tony awards every year um, in theater. So um, if you're interested in that, And if you're interested in, I guess, leaving New York, but not going too far, um, it's a really good school for that.
1: Mm -hmm. It was like Pittsburgh's not, I guess, how long, how far is that from New York, actually?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I chose um, Pittsburgh because I basically did not want to spend money to fly. Um, And so it's seven hours to drive, roughly. And seven hours was like the longest I could muster, you know, if I split it with a friend. and it's not, you know, it's not far. I throw on a podcast, um, and usually it makes it go pretty quick. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Gotcha,
1: gotcha. And um, what what were you involved with at Carnegie Mellon? Was like, I see that. Um, let's see, what did you study? I think um, biology, biological and biomedical and sciences. What led you to pursue that path? And um, and I guess like it looks like obviously medicine
0: overall yeah yeah I think it's medicine um, <laughs> um, so basically um I actually got that start when I was in Bronx science um, when I was growing up um, i growing up I had some like health problems and also um in Bronx science I did Intel which I guess now it's it's not called Intel I actually saw the um the results yesterday for I think Bronx Science, Uh, they had like 14 semifinalists or something like that. It was crazy high, Um, but that's awesome. Um, Basically that's what started like that path for me. I was interested in science um, from a very young age. Um, And then I always really liked to get to know people. Um, And so it was just the perfect culmination of those things, I think. Um, I am more of a people person Um, I don't enjoy the lab as much, but I really like employing that stuff that I learn towards like bettering the lives of others. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's what drew me towards medicine.
1: Tim, I I also wanted to touch on this when we were talking about how it can be difficult going to an environment very different from New York City or even just Bronx Science. What can students do now? When they're in high school to prepare for that moment, if they do decide to go to an environment that's very different than New York City and Bronx Science.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good question, um, and that's honestly that's a good question because I didn't prepare, um, and so you know it was it was difficult for me when I got there. Um, I think if I was to give advice on that, I would really stressed like um, having a good support system you know in place back at home. Um, So this for me was uh, FaceTiming like my friends and my family or making sure that I had that infrastructure in place. Like my mom was very not tech savvy so she didn't know how to use FaceTime for the longest time. (laughs) Um, So you know having that set up or like you know making sure that people Uh, that you stay in contact with people, like making schedules to talk to friends, Um, finding a good like outlet for stress. Um, I've tried a lot of different outlets for stress throughout the years, you know, because med school and other things pop up and stuff. But I do try to meditate, um, you know, at least once a week. There's an app. There's like thousands of apps for like thousands of things now. So um, I meditate. Um, I can't play handball, but I do try to play basketball now. Um, but try to get, like, good habits in place, right, because um, living at, in living in New York or staying in New York, um, my sister stayed um, at home, you know, during college, and it was a lot easier because, you know, she had my mom cook, she had her, like, you know, do laundry once in a while, Um, get used to getting into good habits, because once you're out there, like, there's going to be no one else to, like, do that stuff for you,
1: Um, Mm -hmm. so
0: develop those habits early, and I think that will make the transition a lot easier once you like move elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I echo a lot of that. I think if I knew how to properly manage my, I guess, is like in Bronx science, the stress you face is a lot of academically driven, whereas my first year at Dartmouth with a lot of the stress was more emotionally driven or mentally driven, just not feeling very out of my comfort zone. And so I think it's really important to have that infrastructure, whether it's, you know, your family, your friends, hopefully you have friends who go to college with you if not make friends many of them are going through a similar experience there's a saying of we are, I think like students look like ducks like ducks look calm on the surface but at the like and below the surface their feet are just like pitter-patter like moving super fast that so even just stay afloat so I think yeah. those are all really good advice to manage that type of stress and uh, for me to add my two cents as well in um, all these episodes if you've been listening um, listeners, I always plug in free high school programs in New York City, and I think one way to practice the muscle of getting to know new people, being environments that's different than where you are comfortable in, is to meet other people in New York City outside of your bubble. And these programs, they they have high school students from all across New York City, so I think that's a good way to meet students um, who are different from you and. For me, I did a program called Sadie Nash Leadership Project, and it was with students who none of them went to Bronx Science, very different backgrounds. And that was also a very, very good learning experience for myself. And Tim, I think, you know, this might be a good time to transition into what was life like post-college for you? Um, Could you touch a bit on that? And I think it sounds like Fulbright might have been the next step after college. If not, correct me, but what was it like immediately after college?
0: Yeah, yeah. So Fulbright was immediately after college. Um and that was an experience um in itself. Um I think if you asked me like why did I decide to do it, um I'm assuming like that's like a question that you'll I guess
1: before we get that to there what is a Fulbright cuz we have students <laughs> who are listening they're like what is this thing?
0: Yeah, um I will try to explain it. So it's basically a US Department of State um, scholarship. And um, Fulbright program is like one of the fer- federally funded scholarships that um, like through our State Department where basically we have a lot of alliances with a lot of countries across the world and they send over scholars and then we you know, send over scholars and it's kind of this cultural exchange and um, scholarship that you know happens every year. Um, it is, prestigious I guess it's I mean there's a lot of these um uh, especially if you know where to look you can always like find these opportunities um I wish I was more proactive in searching for a lot of these opportunities in high school because I think at the high school level there exists a lot of these things as well um but basically it took me to Taiwan for a year um and it was a it was an unforgettable experience. Um, you know, good and bad came from it, I think. You know, there were times just like when I moved to Pittsburgh where I was like, this is too much. Like, I can't, I don't know how to adjust. And you might think like, what, that's so weird. Like, you know, Tim's like Asian. I'm Chinese. So I'm not Taiwanese. But um, but like, you would think that there would be enough similarities there um, such that I would be able to um, kind of, you know, mesh in and, and feel uh, like, like I felt like super like in the culture and everything, but there were times in Taiwan where I felt extremely, extremely out of place. Um, so that was another, like, you know, jump in terms of culture shock for me as well.
1: Hmm. And what, I guess, what are moments, like, what were some of those moments that made you that you felt really out of place and how did you cope with that?
0: Yeah. So I think, um, when I went to Taiwan, I had the choice of choosing between a city and choosing between the rural countryside. And um, I basically chose the rural countryside. Um, I had I worked in the mountains uh, of a very, very small Aboriginal town. Um, so this was, you know if if freshman year me, like in college, was thinking that Pittsburgh was in the middle of nowhere, like, this was truly, like, the middle of nowhere, like, in the li- in the literal sense. Um, so, yeah, that was quite difficult to get used to. Mm.
1: Do you find yourself, I guess, were you, tr- why did you ap- apply for Fulbright? Were you trying to push your boundaries? Because it's like you went to Pittsburgh and you're, like, <clears throat> already, you know, the first year was already difficult, but maybe, you know, you got used to it and you're, like, I'm going to go even further, <laughs>
0: Um, Yeah, do I like to hurt myself? Uh, I'm not, <laughs> not sure that. 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 <laughs> Um, But basically, you know, I guess, is it silly to say that I just wanted to? Like, I think, um, you know, like for me, like a lot of people, and and probably for a lot of people that are listening, um, you know, from Bronx Science, like, you know, I spent my formative years of like high school and also college thinking that I had to conform to some sort of mold that had already been cast for me. But in reality, like, as a first gen high school student, like my parents didn't really graduate, you know, they were in China, they really didn't get much of an education. You know, there was no mold for me to conform to, really. Like, um, it was, you know, like, the moment that I entered high school, I think, and then I went on to college, and then I went on to Fulbright, and now I'm in med school. I had already filled their shoes and I was now like walking my own path right Mm -hmm. so I think when I was debating whether I should do my Fulbright in my head I was thinking like oh you know this isn't right you know I should have just you know graduated from college I should do you know I should take the MCAT as soon as I can right which is the medical admissions test for for med school and I should just go to med school because you know that's what i should do um and then one night i was thinking to myself and i was like well like who really dictates what i should do right Um, because my parents if i had listened to my mom completely um, my mom always told me not to make waves she was a very she's very safe like she's like just play it safe like you know get a safe job you know like have kids and you know like live in new york live close to me so i can visit all the time and stuff like that And so like, it was a very safe thing. She didn't want, she didn't like the idea of me being ambitious or like, you know, trying to um, push myself. Like, um, so I think when I did that, when I realized that the Fulbright was something that would just, you know, like take me a little bit farther and like help me grow a little bit more, um, there was no doubt in my mind that that was what I wanted. Um, And as far as like, why Fulbright versus I guess, why something else? Or why specifically Fulbright in Taiwan? Um, it was a teaching scholarship. And I really, really loved to teach. Um, if I wasn't in med school or if I wasn't gonna be a doctor, um, I would wanna be a teacher. Taiwan, because my Mandarin was abysmal. <laughs> and I really wanted to improve my language skills. And um, also I had just never been to Asia up to that point. Um, I wanted to live somewhere very different. Um, And kind of immerse myself and I knew I wanted that before med school because once you're in med school like it's true like your time is sucked away you know like you look at the clock and like three hours has passed by and you're like oh my god where has the time gone so
1: yeah yeah I think those are all really good points in you know making sure you maximize time before med school especially since I'm I I never looked into the medical path but I know there's many years that it comes afterwards like med school residency and other things like it's just like many years of your life um, dedicated to that path and um I don't know I wish kind of like before college I took a gap year like I don't think I ever knew that was possible or that was something that could be done because I think that could have been really interesting to just have a year off and just pursue something that I wanted to pursue and just explore things and maybe that could have prepared me better for college and having that freedom because in Bronx science everything felt really rigid but I think that's really awesome that you saw that opportunity you didn't, you thought you don't have to do what should be done. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you pursued things that, you know, were challenging and, and hopefully your, your Mandarin is better because of that experience.
0: I think so. I mean, um, it's, it did get better because there were points in time where I just had to use Mandarin. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, um, like you said, it's always good to challenge yourself and, and right. Like who really dictates, um, like your, like what you should be doing, right? Especially, um, I think I was, I think I listened to Christina's podcast and she was a first gen college student, right? And she she made a joke about the syllabus um, or not knowing the syllabus. And that was me too. I I walked in and I was like, wait, what is is the syllabus? Uh, You know, like I didn't know any of those things because, and I guess that's also advice for people, um, you know, maybe that are thinking about leaving New York you know, or have the similar background to some of the guests on this show, it would be that um, you're going to be missing a lot of guidance um, that perhaps some of your college classmates won't because maybe some of them, their parents have gone to college. I think a lot of them actually have. Um, and that's okay. I mean, that's a really freeing thing, like to kind of be the first person in your shoes you know, in, in terms of your family or, you know, amongst your groups of group of friends, et cetera, like you don't really have to, like, you don't, there aren't really any expectations of you. I think whatever you want to do, uh, if you're passionate about it and, um, like, even if you shoot for the moon, you kind of like land amongst the stars. I know it's like cliche. It's actually technically not right as well, because I guess the moon is closer, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, just exactly. you know, you know, the, the, the quote for that, like, you can, you know, like, just aim for whatever you want to aim for. And even if you don't succeed all the way, you'll still like, have gone much farther than you know, like, people have expected of you, which is which is like, pretty awesome, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, I, I, I think my husband says this a lot. He says, like, each generation's passing the baton. And it's like, you don't have to get the whole I don't know your family generation all the way to the finish line it's like you're passing the baton and like who knows whatever the finish line is like who knows what that hypothetical theoretical finish line is but you're just passing the baton and I think for me I started this podcast not really with much expectation of, of I was like happy that if I got one or two listeners because I at least got to reconnect with people but like I just did it, and there are actually people listening to this So mm-hmm. just like That's go awesome. give things a try so you don't know and if if you fail or whatever you think is failure, at least you learn something. Like,
0: yeah. Like, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm rooting for this podcast. Um, <laughs> it's a, I think it's a great space. So um, it's weird. I, I guess I should segue, but um, I kind of was, I was kind of pretty, feeling pretty distant from Bronx science, you know, naturally, cause it's been a while, but then this year in med school, um, the person, one of the kids that I'm mentoring, he came from Bronx science. So he's at my med school, and he came from Bronx science. and immediately, um we hit it off because, you know, when I saw that kid, I realized, Jesus, this is who I was. like like this is like the splitting image of who I was, like, you know, five years ago. it's a little it was a little bit cringy, but like, you know, um, <laughs> I'm always happy to like, you know, help people that were, you know, like similar um to me growing up, you know, happy to help, happy to help them like navigate, right? because Um, I didn't really have that when I was growing up.
1: Hey, this is Victoria here. In each episode, I'll share different free programs for high school students to participate in. If you're interested in medicine, like Tim, the Rockefeller University's Rock EDU Science Outreach has programs for high school students to become exposed to science and research. There are several programs, one of which is their summer neuroscience program. It's a two-week course that gives high school students a look at the most current research in neuroscience to understand how our brain works and how it relates to our daily life. The program will take place from August 16th to 27. Applications are due March 21st. I'll include a link to the program in the show notes. Yes, you know, just doing the transition over here is like, how did you go from Fulbright to where you are now in medical school?
0: Yeah. So um, I knew that I wanted to go to medical school. So I think that was helpful. Um, And I think that for people that don't know exactly what they want, whether it's at the end of high school or at the end of college, that's okay. Um, I think it goes back to one of my earlier points in terms of just planning for success. You know, if you don't know whether you want to do medicine or if you want to do business, but you know that one of your goals is to buy like a Ferrari or something that's not one of my goals but I'm saying like if that was your goal then you at least work towards that right like work towards finding something that can actually get you there you know whether it be the money or the time or etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, work towards something that you can actually control um, because control is something that you lose as you get older you know just the world gets bigger um, you have less time and there are just more people you know trying to like Um, there are more people that, you know, want the same thing that you want. And that's not a bad thing that, you know, like, you just have to, you know, make sure that you plan for it, and then you go get it. Um, But in terms of med school, I knew that I wanted to go. So um, I had my application set up at the end of college. And I basically told my advisor, I'm like, hey, like, sorry, I gotta, you know, I gotta get out of here. Um, And basically, when I was in Taiwan, I had um, I kept in good contact with a lot of my professors, um, which is also something I mentioned, like make good friends and make good mentors, you know, uh, you know, find people that will support you and what you want to do. Um, and it was really that simple. I mean, I shouldn't say simple, like um, there were nights and a lot of weekends lost to studying to get into med school. But overall, I think um, as far as, once I was at the finish line at the end of college, I felt pretty confident that I could get into med school and also, you know, go on my Fulbright. So that was really reassuring.
1: Hmm. And <clears throat> how has it been like for you in med-, med school now? What what year are you there now?
0: So I'm in my second year. Um, so I'm still in the books. Uh, I spent all day um, <laughs> basically reading and like um, doing flashcards and doing anything that you would expect a medical student to be doing at this point. Um, I enjoy it. A lot. Um, and I finally concede that I am a big nerd. I never wanted to say that because I always thought I was cooler than I was. But it turns out I really do actually like to study. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing now.
1: What are some last parting words that you want to say to listeners, but also just, you know, if, if high school Tim were in front of you, what, what would you say to him?
0: Um, well, if high school Tim was in front of me, I would tell him to work harder um, because I did not work very hard in college. I mean, in high school. Um, and the reason I say that is because um, I think, you know, like no matter even uh, the reason I didn't work at, in hard in high school was largely because I felt very lost. I, I didn't know what college meant at the time. And I really didn't know too much of what I wanted to do, right? So that's why I was following, I thought there was this mold that I had to adhere to, right? And um, people are like, oh, you can like be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be like an engineer, but like, you know, those three, <laughs> right? Um, so I was like, okay, well, you know, I guess I'll see if I like any of those, right? Um, but um, I would say like work hard because that effort pays off when you finally figure out what you wanna do. Like, it's just exponentially easier for you to get there. And two, I would tell people in high school now to focus on their mental health, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Bronx Science was a terrible place in terms of mental health and pacing because it was a go, go, go mentality all the time. Um, I woke up at like six. Some days I would get home at 10 and when you're a teenager, I don't think that's too hard to accomplish. Like you have balanced amount, am- amounts of energy at that point in time. Um, but there will come a point in time where you start to get burnt out. Um, and so really find what makes you feel refreshed, right? Or what makes you, what keeps you sane. Um, in New York, it was just, I had a lot of good friends, some that I keep in touch with to this day. And that's really a testament to them and less of a testament to me because some days I will just go off social media and not appear. And they have kept me in our high school and our, some are like our elementary school group chats to this day. Right. So instead of making a new group chat with like, you know, however many of them, they keep me in there. Just so I know like what the happenings are, um, you know, like going on in New York. And I, I think that's really sweet. And it's really nice because it makes me feel connected. And it always, like, even though like I'm, studying, 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 like, I see that someone, like, got a new car, or someone, like, got a new job, or someone's, like, talking about this new place on Fifth Avenue that I have no possibility of getting to, you know, like, pre, pre-coronavirus, like, you know, people would be like, oh, there's this new place that opened up, um, you know, like, some place to eat or something, um, and, you know, seeing that has always kept me um, pretty, I think, it's always, like, been really good for my mental health, because it's, allowed me to like stay in contact with a lot of my friends. Right. Um, And I think in high school, find people that um, you like, you know, not, not not things that like, not people that um, I guess, uh, not people that are like, not, not try to conform to a group or anything like that. Um, Just find people that you enjoy being around and that's really it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like those points as well as your point of making sure you find something that keeps you refreshed because as you grow older, you're not you don't have that type of energy anymore. You need something to keep you refreshed. And I think this podcast is kind of a way to keep me refreshed with my work schedule. Uh
0: Um,
1: So, Tim, thank you so much for sharing your advice, your your insight with students and other alumni who are listening. And thank you so much for being on the podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode in which we learned about Tim's story. You can stay connected with Dear Bronx Science on our Instagram at @dearbronxscience and if you're interested in being a guest, fill out the form linked on our Instagram page. Thanks and stay tuned for the next episode.